Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. Amen. How is everyone? So good. Wonderful. Do you know, uh, can I just say that, um, uh, please fill in the, the praise reports for your testimonies. We get a lot of people coming up afterwards and, and they tell us their breakthrough prayer that we've, they've prayed for, but they, we've prayed for, but they don't. Um, they still didn't fill in the praise report. And I'm like, that's really, really wonderful. Please tell us so that we can tell the church. And because uh, a lot of people just don't realize how many prayers are being answered, how many things are, are breaking through. And Cheryl and I uh, were, were talking to people this afternoon whose, whose prayer breakthroughs have just been astonishing. We would love to be able to share those um, with the church and just see uh, what God is doing. See, God wants to give you uh, he wants to give you a job where, in a climate where people are losing. God wants to give you finances. He wants to give you work. He wants to settle a place in your heart. He gives those breakthroughs. Amen. And, uh, you know, I have personally been through that season uh, in my life before I was in ministry. Uh, and uh, I um, went through that a couple of times. And I saw God give me work. And I know that God can give you work. Amen. God can um, shift your, um, your personal situations where you live. He can provide all things. But we need to stand together and pray. And we need to um, declare to God when those things happen. Amen. And, uh, you know, God can heal your body. He can, all of those things can take place because we have a God who has covenant with us. Amen. So I'd really encourage you to um, just bring uh, those reports back to the church. You know, the other day um, I was uh, driving home from church. Um, uh, I'd been in the office uh, all day and I was hungry. Now, this is fairly typical for me. I'm always getting in trouble in the office. Uh, in the office, uh, Miriam works in the office, Hattie and Daniel, they're in there too. Uh, and um, I, I'm the one who gets in trouble because I often don't have any lunch. How many people here do work and then don't eat lunch? You kind of skip the lunch thing. Not deliberately, you just forget to eat. And uh, so maybe I'm on my own here. <laughs> A lot of just forget to eat. So I just kind of forget to eat. But... Um, when I'm driving home, that's when I'm feeling hungry. And there's a problem with driving home feeling hungry because it's now between meal times. And if I eat, like, on the way home, then it's kind of like, you know, hopefully Cheryl's cooking. And uh, when I get home and uh, said, I'm going to be get home and then, you know, it's, I'm going to have to eat again. It's a hardship. So, <laughs> but on this particular occasion, I was driving home. And when I'm driving home and I'm hungry... There's only, you know, there's only really one choice, and the choice is made for you. Who has a (laughs) drive-through? It's got, you know, and it, and you know, it's a drive. Who has a drive-through that's on my route home? Uh, Because there there aren't many drive-throughs in 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 Aberdeen, uh, and uh, but there is a drive-through in Bridgerton on the way through. It's McDonald's, and uh, so. And, uh, and the funny thing about McDonald's is that what we all know about McDonald's is they don't make the best burgers in the world. I know. 
Actually, I don't think they make the best anything. <laughs> but the reality is, we don't care. <laughs> we know how many people visit McDonald's, not regularly, but you go there from time to time. Come on, hands in the air. Come on, hands in the air. Look at that, see? They're taking our money, people. I want you to know they're taking our money. And uh, I see, that's, that's well over half the church and the rest of you were lying. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and what happens is we go there because we know what we're going to get it, it's not like you know it's not like Auntie Joe's <laughs> Auntie Joanne's McDonald, McDonald's drive through and you go I wonder what that, that's like you know it's like you know a cafe that you don't know what it's like yeah. you don't go in it because you don't know what it's like and you, you, want, you don't want to sit there and go, mm, I'm not sure, what's this, what that? McDonald's, you know what it's like. You know, what's it, you know what the menu is. Everyone knows what the menu is. You go anywhere in the world. The whole world know what the menu is. And you get there and they add a little variation. And it's an improvement on the menu. They have one burger a week that's a special. It's got bacon added. <laughs> And, uh, and a slightly different shaped bun. And that's it. <laughs> Apart from that, it's identical. You know exactly what you're going to get. And so you go to... And the amazing thing about McDonald's is its name. doesn't matter where you go in the world, they've got a McDonald's. The funny thing is it's got, it just has a different type of clientele wherever you go. And uh, <clears throat> I remember being in the Ukraine... Uh, back in the late 90s when it was just sort of in that process coming from a sort of a communist to a dubious free market economy and uh, (laughs) dubious is the key word there and um, they had a McDonald's open up now here's the thing the price of a McDonald's in Kiev was exactly the same as the price of a McDonald's in Britain so for us it was a cheap meal but in Kiev the price of a McDonald's would feed a family for a week on their current, uh, their current economy at the time. So most, the only people eating McDonald's were the really rich people, <laughs> which was really bizarre because in this country, you wouldn't see them in there for love nor money. And, and here they are. So here's the wealthy. It was a statement of being wealthy was to eat a McDonald's. And so we actually went and we, we took this, um, this lad with us. I went to McDonald's because I was hankering after food that I recognized and having eaten in various places of, yeah, anyway. So we'd been eating. I'd been on a mission trip. I was on the way home and I got, you know, a spare 12 hours or so. So we t- I take uh, my translator and what this, this young lad who had never been in McDonald's, he'd just seen it from the outside. It's his mum's week's shopping price for a Big Mac meal. You can imagine the, the cost of that. So I'm like, come on, let's go to McDonald's. So we go to McDonald's, we sit down and we eat. You should have seen the disappointment on his face. <laughs> it was like, that's it. I'm still hungry, he goes. And, <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> that's what all these rich people are hankering after on that. And uh, so at least he went away going, oh, well, that's not worth it. And, but the funny, the amazing thing about McDonald's is its name. Everywhere you go, everyone names. Its name has currency. And, you know, even more than McDonald's is Coca-Cola. Yeah. That Coca-Cola have reached 
the, the furthest depths of the world. You think the church was good at preaching the gospel? Forget it. Coca-Cola preach their name better than the church preaches Jesus. I want to tell you, they have got their name into the furthest... They just swept the world with the name Coca-Cola. Their name has currency. You mention the name Coca-Cola, everybody knows what it means and what you're going to get. It's got incredible currency. There are other names that have currency. Samsung and Apple have currency. They, they enable you. The name means something across the globe. And you know, in, um, the, the amazing thing about currency, we talk about money as currency. Currency is the flow of something of value. It is that our money has value and therefore it flows through people's lives. You know, um, we talk about wealth and, and uh, people being rich. It doesn't matter. You know, some people go, oh, I, I don't really like all these, these multi-millionaires. You know what? It doesn't matter if someone has uh, millions of hundreds of millions of pounds. It just matters that they spend it. And uh, because if they spend it, it has currency. It flows through people's lives. That's what's important, is the flow of money. Because it flows. Every time money flows, you have £100 and you spend that £100 in a shop. The shopkeeper has the £100 and he pays his bills and he gives that £100. His bill, bills being paid. The same £100 that fed you is now feeding someone else, is now feeding somebody else. It's just £100. But it's feeding hundreds of people. Because it's flowing through hundreds of people's lives. It has, the currency is its flow. The ability to change people's lives. That's the amazing thing about currency. And the amazing thing about the British currency. Now, I'm not talking about Scottish money notes. But I'm talking about the British notes. That the, the thing that gives it its legitimacy is the name that's on it. And that's the Queen. The Queen, God bless her in brackets, is... <laughs> The queen <laughs> is, the, is the one who gives the money legitimacy. I mean, if I, if I have a note and it doesn't have her, a British note, Bank of England, but it hasn't got her name on it, it doesn't have legitimacy. It, doesn't have, it hasn't got the right name. It's like going to, so, um, I don't know... A, a McDonald's store that doesn't have, it's, it's got the wrong name on it. It's not McDonald's. It doesn't have the same currency. But the British pound has currency because of the Queen's name on it. Now, in Luke chapter 10 and verse 17, it says this. The 72, this is, I spoke a few weeks ago about the 72 going out. And here it says in seven, Luke ten seventeen, it says, the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Now this is amazing. They came back astonished that using the name of Jesus, they could heal the sick, they could set people free, they could do the things that they were unable to do. In a spiritual world, they had been paupers, but now they had Jesus' name, they had currency. They could change something. Ever gone down the street with a wad of cash in your... I remember as a kid not having any money but saving up money and putting it in my pocket and going down the street. I remember the first time I bought myself a bicycle. 
I had been, I couldn't afford to buy a bike until I got my first job. I was 16 years of age and I was, I was working in a TV and video shop and I saved up £100 to go out and buy myself a racer. It was before the days of mountain bikes. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have bought one of those. In fact, there were one or two mountain bikes around, but they looked so strange I wouldn't dare buy one. And uh, so, <laughs> so I bought myself a racer. And I bought myself this racing bike with a hundred pounds that I had to, the wonderful feeling of having cash in your pocket, the ability to go and do something you couldn't do before. Here the 72 are sent out and they are sent out in Jesus' name and in Jesus' name they have the currency to change somebody else's life. The currency to set people free. I want you to know that the currency of the kingdom of God is the name of Jesus. That, and yet Jesus' name is a name that we have now... We know it's so powerful, we add it to everything that we do. We, we, we gather friends around. And I'm, this is how I reckon most people live, right? Most Christians. Most of you nice church people. This is how I reckon. You're at home, you sit down. You get your meal, you eat it. When the pastors come round, you sit down, you say grace, you eat it. <laughs> and that's how it happens in our house, right? We sit down and we eat it. And when Pastor Ashley comes, Cheryl says, Kevin, will you say grace? I'm like, give me strength. I have to say grace because we have special guests to show them how spiritual we are. When any other time, I would just get the food. <laughs> And then I would say, Amen, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) But before then, we have to bless the food. Some of you are looking like a complete pagan. I don't... There are some people who consistently pray before they eat. And we say to them, you are blessed indeed. Hallelujah, Amen. But for the rest of us, we don't. When I was a kid growing up, the reason why I have this thing about saying grace after and blessing the food before weeks, because when we was a kid growing up, we would get up in the morning, breakfast would be laid out, and we would all sit down together and we would eat breakfast together before school. No one said grace. We would go to school, we would eat our dinner at school, and no one said grace. We would get home, we would have uh, tea around the table, and we would eat our meal together, and my father would have to say, The grace. Heavenly Father, for what we are about to receive. <laughs> I, <laughs> I can't even remember the rest now. Maybe we'll be truly thankful, yeah. And we used to say, for what you're about to receive, the pigs have just refused. And, uh, <laughs> and we used to say, and my dad would only say, but only say it at mealtime. And I used to think to myself, that doesn't make any sense. I've eaten three times, but I only say thank you in the evenings. So I realized that Using the name of Jesus or using God's name has become part of a religious tradition. We use it in the right places to sort of give ourselves some kind of spiritual legitimacy, some kind of authenticity. We, we say it. I, I remember when Pastor Ashley was in the, back in the um, early 90s and he just planted the church and, and God was there and he was praying over people and, 
And he wouldn't always say in Jesus' name. He would just go, be healed. And, and, there, and all the, the good Christian people would be going, in Jesus' name. They'll kind of add it just to make sure that his prayer worked. You know? You've got to go, in Jesus' name afterwards. And they would say, in Jesus' name. Oh, I've discovered that Christians will add in Jesus' name in, in just about anything. Oh God, I, I pray for a new job in Jesus' name. Well, that's all right. I pray for that new Maserati in Jesus' name. And uh, I pray I win the lottery in Jesus' name. <laughs> it's amazing if you, you can add Jesus' name to something, you can give it legitimacy. It's like, it's like this, like abracadabra. That's what it is. That's what, and it's amazing how Christians will just use a name to somehow give everything we're praying for legitimacy. If I add in Jesus' name, that must make it okay. But you know what that's like? That's like taking a piece of paper, writing 50 pounds on it, and putting the Queen... And handing it to someone and saying, that's alright, isn't it? It's like creating your own currency and saying, well, I've put the Queen's name on it. That must make it okay. But that doesn't give it currency just because, you see, our prayer to have legitimacy has to be from a legitimate prayer has to have come from a legitimate relationship. In the church, we find that people's names are used. Just like when our kids were growing up, they would come and they would say, and the kids when they were smaller, they would come up, come up to me and say, Mum said. Oh, well, if Mum said, it must be okay. In fact, I always used to make, make me laugh because I, they would come up and say, Mum said. And that would mean, Mum could have said, Mum says, hurry up, which generally meant, they're saying hurry up but if they say mum said then then it has legitimacy it's almost like mum said trumps anything else it trumps dad said mum said it's like the name that that changes anything and we use people's names in church people might come up to me and say Miriam said I mean you don't want to mess with Miriam Miriam does the accounts in the church she's like she's like she's got got authority and they, or they may step it up a bit. Brian and Ruth said. But we all know that, that most people would just go for the big name. The top name that moves all people, shakes people with fear. They just come up and they say, Pastor Cheryl said. <laughs> and then, well, if Pastor Cheryl said, then who am I? I just, I just what, what would you like me to do for you? Pastor Cheryl said. I have people come up to me and say, Pastor Cheryl said, okay, I'll do it for you. In fact, I reckon you could use Cheryl's name for almost anything. I reckon that if you went up to the teas and coffees on a Sunday morning and you went, Pastor Cheryl said, can you go and make a cappuccino? I reckon one of them will go upstairs to the little cappuccino machine we have up in the office they would make a cappuccino and they would bring it down. And if you said, Pastor Cheryl said, and just give it to me because I'm going to give it to her. <laughs> you could get yourself a cappuccino and no one would know. <laughs> and you could sit while everyone else is drinking, filled a coffee. You could be supping away on cappuccino and no one else would know. Do you know, you're saying to me, you're going, what? You know, it's not going to work now because I've let the secret out, right? But people ask that they say, oh, Kevin said, or Cheryl said, or we, we use people's name to legitimize what we're asking for, when perhaps in reality, 
It's, it's what we're asking for rather than what they're asking for. You know, Jesus, the currency of the kingdom is for us to ask what Jesus is asking for. And for, to ask, for us to ask what Jesus is asking for, we have to have personal relationship with Him. It says in the book of Acts, it says about the, um, in Acts 19, about the seven sons of Siva. It sounds like a rock band, doesn't it? It says, a group of Jews were traveling from town to town, casting out evil spirits. And they tried to use the name of the Lord Jesus in their incantation. I like that. <laughs> Saying, I command you in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, to come out. The seven sons of Siva, a leading priest, were doing this. But one time, when they tried it, the evil spirit replied, I know Jesus, I know Paul, but who are you? And the man with the evil spirit leapt on them, overpowered them, and attacked them with such violence, they fled from the house naked and battered and awkward, I would think. That's a word not in the Bible, but I reckon awkward was there. Now, what I love about this story is not the fact that they got beaten up, but the fact that they were getting away with it up until then. Now, here's, imagine the scene. The seven sons of Siva are traveling from town to town and they're taking people who are bound by spiritual control and demonic things and just like, they're just inbound and they're going, you know what, we can fix this. In Jesus' name, who Paul preaches, be set free. And you know what? People were getting set free. They were getting away with it. They had no idea who Jesus was. They had no idea who Paul was. And here's the thing. Eventually, word got around in the demonic realm and they were going, and the demons were meeting up and going, what, you got cast out as well? Yeah, flipping heck, it was Jesus' name was used. And man, I had to go. And going, oh, Jesus, yeah, this, this guy come up and said, in Jesus' name. And somebody else come up and says, um, so what did they say to you? They said, in Jesus' name, who Paul preaches, you have to leave. And so I left. And the other demon goes, well, that didn't happen to me. They just went, in Jesus' name. And I realized that there was power there, so I left. And some of them are all coming together and going, wait a sec, we've been conned. So word got out until eventually they get to this guy and suddenly it's like, it's like fake money getting around. It works for a while until someone realizes it's fake and then everyone goes, whoa, you're not giving that to me. And so these guys, these seven sons come to this guy in this town and they go, in Jesus' name, leave. And as they're saying, in Jesus' name, leave, what happens is that they, they come to him and, they, and he goes, what? You're not telling me to come out. I'm telling you what you have to do. And so they, they, the, the, the man with the demonic spirit starts to beat up these seven sons. And they beat him up and they... They, they command this man... They, sorry, I'm getting the story all confused now. These seven sons run out of the house completely naked and beaten up because they had used a name that legitimately didn't belong to them. They didn't have relationship with Jesus. They had no knowledge of who he was. It was like fake money. It didn't belong to them, but they'd used it. And I, I want you to know that the name of Jesus is not a name that we can just that we just use throw on the end of something it is a name with such power that literally changes circumstances and situations we have a name 
that is above every other name. A name which legitimizes our relationship with God. That is the amazing thing about the name of Jesus. Turn with me, will you, to Matthew. Actually, no, not Matthew. Let's go to James. Because here's the thing, right? We can spend our time using the right words, trying to do the right things, but we're not, we're just using Jesus as a way of getting through church life. If I use Jesus' name, then, then maybe that's what makes it work. If I can get the formula right. But you know what? The Pharisees, Jesus spoke to the Pharisees because all they did was have a formula of religion rather than a personal relationship with God. It was the formula that was the problem. They were just doing the right things without doing the right thing. And God wants you to understand that He wants you to have a relationship. It says here in James chapter 4 and verse 5, it says, Do you think the Scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate, that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him. And he gives grace generously. As the scripture says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves before God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Now we talk about being humble like we talk about going shopping. We say, oh, I'm, you know, just, I just humble myself. And, and we talk about it in a way that kind of says, you know what, I've, I kind of feel like we talk about being humble in such a way that it's really proud. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just humble. Mm. So I'm pretty good at being humble to me. See, I reckon that true humility, humility actually comes from real brokenness. I think, I think when, we're, when we're really humble is when we're really broken. And what I mean by broken, it means, I mean, it's about being self-aware, who we really are in Christ, who we really are compared to Jesus. You know, the disciples, when, when Jesus, when they've been with Jesus all that time, they were amazed and they're doing amazing things, but they, they hadn't really got who Jesus was until they'd seen him crucified and then risen again and at that point of confusion at that point of brokenness they suddenly discover Jesus is their personal saviour suddenly his name meant something so much more than just hanging out with him we remember that the disciples who tried to set that boy free see him healed and they couldn't do anything. And Jesus says, you can't cast this spirit out apart from prayer and fasting. What was Jesus saying? He was saying, you can't set these people free unless you have personal relationship with me. That's it. See, Jesus is saying, I, set them, I will set this boy free because I have personal relationship with Father God. And Jesus is saying, look, prayer and fasting. What does that mean? It means real just kind of brokenness of self like not just being on yourself like trying to get a spiritual formula going but set that aside and go I'm going out to discover God 
And I'm going out to realize that I might be a sinner, but I found Jesus. You see, here's the thing, right? When Jesus was being broken for our sin, we are being broken by His grace. Isn't that amazing? When, we, when Jesus was being broken by our sin, we're being broken by His grace. You see, Jesus was broken by our sin. He took the price of our arrogance. He took the price of our idiocies. He took the price of our foolishness. He took it. And so when we get broken, we don't get broken by our sin. What we get broken by is His grace. And His grace breaks off us our foolishness and lays upon us His supremacy. It lays upon us His magnificence. He removes from us the foolishness of our humanity and puts upon us the magnificence of His deity. That there is a transfer that we come before God poverty stricken but now we have the currency of heaven. That is the name of Jesus that changes people's lives. That's the name of Jesus. Which says in Matthew 28 and 13, 18, it says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. That's quite a bit, isn't it? In terms of levels of authority, Jesus says, yeah, I'm the boss. Uh, you want to know anything? Speak to me. You want, you know, anything? Indeed, anything. All authority has been given to me. This is what he says. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. All authority means no restraints. All authority means no boundaries. It means my life in Jesus can take me anywhere. It means my life in Jesus can step beyond where people say I cannot go. My life in Jesus means that when the world says you can't have a job anymore, it means I can have a job and I can prosper because Jesus says I can when the world says I can't. When the world says you are sick, I know that in Jesus I have a healer who sustains me. I know when the world says it isn't, there isn't any chance you can do that. In Jesus' name, I know that I can. You know, I hope Moses doesn't mind me sharing his story, but they said to Moses when he applied for a visa to come to the UK, very difficult, get that awkward transition of going through visas. And, and those of you who've traveled from countries where you have to apply for a visa, especially from Nigeria, you've, got to, like, you've just got to jump through hoops. You've got to be a really, really good hoop jumper. Especially when you're coming with your wife and 
you're like millions of kids that he's got. He's got, he's got like, it's Moses' wife, million children. And he's coming from home and he's going, I want to go. And it's like, and he's going, everyone else is going, yeah, that ain't going to happen too quickly. Moses is going, I need to go now. He gets a visa for himself, his wife, and his children. How many days, Moses? Four days. I was going to say five. (laughs) Four days. That doesn't happen to anyone, anywhere, anyhow, anytime. It can't happen. But I want you to know, we have a Savior whose name is Jesus, who said, all authority has been given to me. So if you need to do something, in my name then use my name and the currency will take you through I want you to understand that when you align your life to Jesus Christ his name will give you currency and it will carry you through what happens is that we try and do our life and then add Jesus name at the end but that isn't how it works We give our life to Jesus Christ and the currency of His name will take you through. His name can set people free. His name can change people's lives. His name can create miracles that other people said were impossible. His name can heal relationships between mums and dads, can heal relationships between fathers and sons and mums and daughters. His name can heal your body. His name can provide for you. His name can change the world that you live in, that it reflects God's glory and reveals the magnitude and the magnificence of who He really is. That is the name of Jesus Christ. His name is not a little add-on at the end of our mealtime or at the beginning. Bless his food, Jesus' name. I mean, I want Jesus to bless my food in case it's got something nasty in it. But I think my Jesus is a lot more magnificent than just a meal blesser. In fact, I want to say to you, bless your own meal. And I really mean that. I mean, I mean, bless your food. I mean, bless your life. Take responsibility and bless things. Our Jesus is a blesser. He gives us power to bless. But our Jesus is more than just a blesser. Our Jesus is the King who changes your world. The name of Jesus is far more magnificent. The seven sons of Siva, that dubious rock band that thought they could fake other people's music, (laughs) put out a few dodgy records that other people had played, put their name on it. You can't get away with that stuff for too long. It works for a while until somebody else says, wait a second here, that's not your song. Yeah, well, you know, we heard this fella Paul playing this track. (laughs) We thought that we might put it out as our own. 
We thought we might just be this band that played a song. I want you to know Jesus, He is your Lord and Savior. Jesus is the one who looks at your life and says, those mistakes that you made, the agonies of your heart that made you feel so empty and so lonely, yeah, I've paid the price for that. If you believe in me, my name will take away that pain. What an amazing God we serve. Let's stand up, shall we? Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website, www.thejunctionchurch.com. God bless.